Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth-generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm. Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. Captain Brad, welcome. Buddy, thanks so much for having me aboard. It's so nice to see you again and be in great New Hampshire. Uh, aboard. I get it. Aboard, yeah. <laughs> my, landlocked, my landlocked office. So, so what, got you, um, what got you interested in, in starting and founding a, a sea scattering service? My life was in the, corporate, in the corporate world, and I worked for the Sharper Image Company for many years, brought the company public, and then I just got tired of the corporate office being my office, and I said the ocean should really be my office. Interestingly enough, years ago, my family was in the milk business. And the Clydesdale horses used to pull the milk carts in the morning all throughout New England. And my great-uncle Edwin said, well, if they're not pulling anything in the afternoon, let's get in the funeral business. So the M.C. Kelly Funeral Home was born in Boston, which became the Gormley Funeral Homes. So as a kid, I used to work in the funeral business uh, right through high school and had that interest, but decided I would go into a different direction. And then just about 15 years ago... I bought a really nice boat, got my captain's license, and I took somebody out on a tuna charter, and they said, hey, can you spread my Uncle Chuck's cremated remains? I said, sure. So one became 20, became 200, became a real business, and now we work with over 1,000 funeral homes, Maine to Miami and San Diego to San Francisco, and we're the only ones in the country that not only do scatterings at sea, but also air scatterings at sea and full-body burials at sea. So why don't you talk to us about the difference between a uh, scattering at sea, maybe some of the legal requirements, versus air scattering at sea, versus land, and then a, a full-body a full burial, let's see. Sure. Well, many times people call us, and they don't know what they want, because they knew one thing, that Dad loved the ocean. Do you know that in America, there are 175 million Americans that live within 10 miles of the water, mm-hmm. and everybody comes home to die? You might grow up in Portsmouth and retire to Tucson, but you come back to Portsmouth when you die. And we found that people call us and say, we don't know if we want a scattering by air or by airplane, not by, by, I'm sorry, by sea or by airplane. Mm-hmm. So we help them through that decision. If Dad loved the Isle of Shoals, we can go out over the Isle of Shoals with our brand new patent-pending AirGlide product that allows us to geo-target the cremated remains, which is pretty neat. Looks like uh, a device, actually, that was developed by Lindbergh, <laughs> and we perfected it with my sharper image experience, and it works on the Venturi effect. Let me just put this down. So when we're flying, uh, we just open this, and the Venturi effect, the air pushes the cremated remains through and out, and we can geo-target over 500 yards. It's kind of like a cloth straining tube. Well, it's actually got fish, uh, a cheesecloth in there. You're right. And uh, works really well. This has done a number of air scatterings. And uh, uh, so people ask us for that. And then people say, you know, I really would like to take six to 10 of my family members out to sea. And we tell them that the ocean has a huge gravitational pull for people's feelings. It allows them to decompress, to say so long, to have the ability to have closure. And we go three miles out to sea, which is the requirement by the EPA. We report to the EPA. Three nautical miles or three? Three nautical miles. A nautical mile is 1.25 miles per mile, per statute mile. And that takes us about 20 minutes to chug out. And in this area, we depart from uh, Bar Harbor, Booth Bay, Kennebunk, York, 
and Wells, uh, as well as a Gunquit. And then Portsmouth is one of our favorite ports. Mm-hmm. We've got a beautiful vessel here in Portsmouth. And we chug out about 25 minutes, anchor and stop the vessel, always during an outgoing tide, because we'd like the family to see the cremated remains going away from them, because then they get it. Then they see dad heading out up to Nova Scotia, over to the United Kingdom, around Europe, down past Africa, and they catch the Gulf Stream and come back with incredible wildlife. Here in the Gulf of Maine, we have 2,500 humpback whales, 415 remaining right whales, sea turtles that are 800 pounds and seven and a half feet wide. Families get great comfort knowing that their loved ones traveling with that wildlife in the warm ocean currents forever. We had a young family that had an old grandmother. She was 98. Her name was Millie from Rockland, Mass., and she was a seamstress, and she never traveled. And they were thrilled at the fact that she's now traveling. Around the world. Around the world. So then people might say, you know, I don't want to be cremated. My culture doesn't allow it. My mind won't allow it. I'd like a full body burial. Let's see. So, buddy, for years we said no. And we're not in the business, as you know, to say no. So we figured it out. I went to the Boston Public Library studied it back to World War I, and we developed this burial shroud, which is made of a cotton canvas duck, which is a very thick cotton that allows the body to decompose and become part of the planet again within three to six months. And the only thing left are the cannonballs that we weighed it down with. The ballast weight is required is 150 pounds. And the ballast becomes, life becomes continued life because they become their own reef. So the full body burial is different from a scattering, We still have to go at least three miles, but we have to get to 600 feet of water. And here, that's about 45 miles offshore. New York is 100 miles offshore. New York State, okay. So it's it's regulated by each state? No, by the depth. depth. It has to be at least 600 feet of water, but because of the continental shelf, so in New England... It's so much longer. Yeah, yeah. So it's a six-hour round trip here in New England. It's a 12-hour round trip in New York. It's a two-hour round trip in Miami or South Florida. Are families with you? Families come with us. We've never done an unattended full-body burial at sea, but families sometimes don't come on our scatterings, and we photo-document them for the families so they can see them. Mm -hmm. And in a full-body, excuse me, for a full-body burial at sea, uh, they often usually come. We have three square meals all catered for them, ready to go out. But it's really quite moving because there's a memory pocket that they can put dad's medals in or chocolates or messages from the grandchildren. They can write on the shroud their final messages. And they can uh, also on the cannonballs, we started something new where we uh, have them write with uh, one of those painted Sharpies and they write some incredible messages. But what's really new this year for us is people have asked for and we have available now video technology on the shroud. Imagine this. There's a camera no bigger than a half size cigar goes on the outside of the shroud connects to a fishing rod, and as soon as the shroud of body hits the bottom of the ocean, we pull it up, it comes off the Velcro, we reel it back in, plug it into the computer, and you can see what Dad saw on the way down. And it's in total... Sort of like a GoPro for... uh, Uh, It's actually actually better than that type of a camera because uh, it withstands the rigors of the ocean down to 400 feet. It does work to 600 feet. It's high definition, and it's wide angle. Now, the only thing you don't have at that depth is what? Light. Light. You guys go to the head of the class. So we're working on that. Actually, one of our clients works for 3M, and they have this little spinner device that creates light on the way down. So we're working on that as well. But people want that ability to be able to see what it looks like. And you can hear the water. You can hear the gurgling sound. So on a full body burial, let's see, it's a pretty big event. We takes about 40 hours of our time to plan it with the funeral home. We're not funeral directors. We work with the funeral director. We send the pre-need and the at-need clients to the funeral director so they can make their decision with you. We take a funeral director with us. Even if it's not required by state law, we still do because I'm a believer 
that to the final committal of a body, a funeral director should be president, present. Whether it's required or not, we do it. We, now, how does that, because I know in New Hampshire, you have to be a licensed funeral director to do a number of things, but once you go offshore, I mean, is that still, or is that sort of a gray area in terms, I know you still, you always have a funeral director with you, but from a legal state requirement, it may not be required in every single state necessarily? Well, we work with the Navy and the Coast Guard and the EPA and mm-hmm. yourself and other people, and we absolutely don't cut any corners. Even if it's not required, we still do it still because do. why not? Mm-hmm. Because it's always best. And all you know, sometimes people want to have a last look at dad before he goes over the side because once he does, he's no longer recoverable. And we're not the licensing authority that's equipped to do that. Right. The funeral director is. And then we lock the shroud. We give the key to the next of kin and overboard the body goes. So it's quite an event. It's a big event. Yeah. And you know what? There's always an applause at the end. <laughs> and we sometimes circle the flower field with My Way by Frank Sinatra or Smile by Nat King Cole. So it's really pretty special. Um, so you don't need a, a licensed funeral director, not necessarily required. What kind of licensing is required to perform the scatterings in general, like for you? That's a good question. Actually, you can do it yourself if you want. But if you charge money, and that money could be in the form of cash, compensation, ice, sandwiches, fuel, suntan lotion, any type of compensation. And the Coast Guard will find out because they're pretty good at their due diligence. (laughs) If something ever happened, you wouldn't be covered under your own insurance. So you need to have a licensed U.S. Coast Guard licensed captain to take people out for hire. I am, and I have working with me, master licensed captains. We can take up to about 500 people. And what's really important about that, especially for the funeral home, is that we're properly licensed, properly insured, well experienced. We're starting our 11th year. And the only permit you need to pull is the EPA permit, which you can do through Region 1, which is here in Boston. There are 10 EPA offices in America, and most of them are on the coastal part of the country, and there's some in the inner part of the country. But we can't scatter cremated remains with rivers, lakes, or streams. It's not legal. So it's only oceans. It's only oceans three miles east of the line of demarcation. And the reason for that is because human cremated remains contain 52% phosphate. Phosphate is almost like when you put a whisk in your washing machine, and that can create, with water in the water table, red tide. And red tide closes out uh, rivers, lakes, and streams, uh, uh, and we don't want to do that. So what happens is we have to go way out to sea so there's good uh, uh, separation of the cremated remains as they travel. So they don't allow that in rivers, lakes, and streams because of the smaller quantity of water. Now, I know when I've gone out on a boat, the, the waves do not treat my stomach well. How do, with all these people coming on your ships, how do you deal with seasickness if any of the, the passengers get sick? That's a really good question because on almost every trip, somebody gets a little bit woozy, even if it's flat mm-hmm. calm. What we tell people, and you know, they don't always read, and we send them a nice checklist, FAQ checklist before we depart, so we reaffirm it on boarding when we do our safety check. If you take bonine or dramamine, and we're not medical doctors, so we can't prescribe that, but it is off the shelf, you must take it with food, and you must take it two hours prior to departure. We often see people popping their bonine and dramamine as they board, and we say, "Uh uh-uh, it's not going to work, so please drink nice cold ginger ale, have a ginger snap, have a saltine, get something in your tummy, and you will probably make it out and back with no issue or problem. And if somebody does have a problem, we have them look at the horizon and we still pump them full of ginger ale because it always works. <laughs> so it sounds like you do a lot of custom services, but let's say a family wants to incorporate a clergy, their own flowers, music, um, military honors. I mean, how, do you, how do you incorporate, and can they 
can they do those things, and, and how do you go ahead and incorporate those into a seed scattering or, or a burial at sea? A really good question, buddy. And what we work very closely on the, with the funeral director on is, was the decedent a military person? If they are, we ask the funeral director to give us the DD-214, which is the discharge paperwork. And we handle all the planning from the picking up of the flag to the scheduling of the military to come to do a dockside honor guard, which is really quite touching. And a lot of people say, well, dad didn't talk about the army. And I always say, well, you know what? It's an earned right. The grandchildren should see what grandpa earned. And they always come out saying well, that was really very special. Now, if they want music, we have a library of 1,800 songs that we have can have them choose from. Uh, we have catering available. They can bring their flower petals or we can arrange them for them. Every single event's different. And we want to be just the co-author, not the author. Because mm-hmm. when the family has ownership, they have a better event at it's sea. It's more meaningful for them because they, they feel they're, they're involved, involved with yeah. planning. It. And we've had some pretty funky, cool requests. I mean, Dad loved Oreos. Everybody throws an Oreo. Or Mom <laughs> loved picking up seashells. Everybody writes on a seashell. No, we're going to get obese fish from that. <laughs> Oreos in the ocean. Also, the good one, I, um, Grandma loved Johnny Walker Blue Scotch, which is like two or $300. And a dry bottle. fish, <laughs> great. So anyway, they all I take a they sip. they drank that on, that on board. Fish. They all take a sip and oh, it goes okay. over the side. My bad. Or another one was uh, recently, uh, Dad loved to walk the beach with the golden retriever and always threw a stick. So everybody brought a stick and throw a stick over. I thought you were going to throw the golden retriever over <laughs> the stick. No, okay. Well, let's talk about pets. You know, there's talk a, about pets. That's exactly was one of my following the, questions. Michelle Pfeiffer, an actress uh, that came out with us, a very nice lady, lives in the South Shore of Boston, uh, gave us that idea. And we took Michelle and her family out to uh, scatter at sea, her uncle and her aunt. And she said, would you mind if we scattered, including, uh, we, we combined the two German shepherds? I said, not at all. And the light bulb went off. And then uh, we did that and we... Had closure for everybody, including the pets, and I went to the VCA Animal Hospitals and became approved to be their provider of uh, record for scatterings at sea. We only charge ninety-five dollars, and you know what's important? I have pets. I love my pets. Mm-hmm. I like pets better than people. We just and- had a show on, on <laughs> yeah. pet cremations a oh, few weeks you? ago, and yeah, people he said the same thing. <laughs> people sometimes love their pets more than they love. Some of their family Unbel- members, We've so. had people come aboard and they bring their pets and they say, look, when I go, make sure the pet goes first before me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just nuts what people how now, they love their is pets. Is it the same, you know, three nautical miles out, EPA, other laws? Absolutely, the absolutely. The okay. And a lot of times we do the pets with the parent, pet parent, mm-hmm. and we also include a pet certificate with little uh, walking paws across the certificate showing the latitude and longitude because oh, everybody gets horrible. a certificate mm-hmm. showing the latitude, longitude, date, time, and depth. So um, we've covered the scattering from the boat, scattering from the air, the full body burial. What else do you offer? Can somebody arrange for a burial of the urn as opposed to a casket? Or, or scattering of the urn if, they're, if they already are in a nice urn, they want to see the urn going down. Well, it's important to me uh, for a lot of reasons uh, to share what I'm going to say right now to you folks with families. Uh, urns are important. Sometimes culturally and religiously they're important, especially for the Catholic religion. Uh, But what's important for us in the ocean is that they are biodegradable and ocean friendly. Mm -hmm. Because we cannot put an urn, nor will we put an urn in the ocean if it's wood or marble or metal or whatever, because it'll just end up on the beach. The ocean currents are really strong and they'll act almost like a bowling ball. And you'll get the phone call, we'll get the phone call, and the family will be, oh, what happened? Hear that every time. Mm -hmm. We got a call this this summer from um, someone from the Coast Guard of Hampton Beach, uh, cremated remains in an urn had washed up the shore. So. Wasn't ours, buddy. It was not. <laughs> it was not. It wasn't even ours. They happened to call us, and we were able to um, look inside the cremated remains and find out the name of the family and yeah, some yeah. research in the crematory. And so, and that's too bad. And it's just you know, it's the six P's. The prior planning really helps in making sure families know that if they use an ocean-friendly urn like this that I'm holding, which is a, a cardboard uh, with nice nautical rope, uh, we can put the decedent's name on it. That will uh, 
hold the cremated remains, and overboard they go, and it will open up and dispense the cremated remains so they can travel the ocean currents. We have them in a couple of different sizes. I also tell a family that, you know what, you don't always have to have an urn, because if you see the cremated remains going away from you during an outgoing tide, they're sterilized minerals, they're beautiful, they create an ash cloud, and it's really quite special. But we always defer to the family's religion because many times they'll say, my priest said we have to have combined cremated remains or we have rabbis aboard or we have monks aboard and they do their chanting. We cater to all cultures and creeds and we can do urns, uh, but they have to be ocean friendly. A long answer to your question, but that's the history behind it. <laughs> no, so a lot of the, you've showed us a number of products. Are those all viewable and, and, and purchasable? That's not even a word. Can they be pre- on your website? Uh, they sure you can get them right here at uh, Fanef Funeral Homes and Cremation Society as well. And we help guide people through uh, color choice. It's really pretty simple. Uh, four colors for mom, dad, or uh, uh, you know, natural or, or, or blue or navy. Uh, and, and something else, uh, people often say, can we do underwater reefs? And we're working on that. South of Cape Cod, 20 underwater dedicated acres for a reef system like they have in Florida, but it's a little bit different here because the water's colder, and that's called the Great Burial Reef Program. I've been working on it for three years with fisheries in Massachusetts, and my gosh, it's like pushing wheelbarrows uphill trying to get approvals from state government, but we're close. Um, We got an email from Lynn, um, who emailed us last week, knowing you were coming on, and she asked, do you do traditional Viking burials? Lynn, you are on the cusp. (laughs) We have people lined up for a Viking. Now, what a Viking burial is for your listening audience is it's when you burn the body. Now, in U.S. Coast Guard terms, if you do that on a boat, which is the Nordic custom uh, tradition, that's called scuttling a vessel. And you have to be in 5,000 feet of water, which is like 200 miles offshore. Mm. So we have people that they're all excited. Then we tell them it's a $22,000 price to start. Because of fuel burn to get out there and back. That's where most of that is. But how long does it take to get out that far? Uh, 200 miles and back is a two-day trip. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, uh, or up to 500 miles. So what we have done, and we just started, and Lynn, you're on it, is that we uh, have these little small boats that are three and a half feet built in New York on Long Island, and we put the urn in the boat laden with straw and limes and lemons to prevent scurvy, which is the old wives' tale. And we have a sail on the boat. We ignite the vessel, and it will burn to the waterline, and it flips over, and the urn goes over and does its thing. So we can grant the wish of Lynn and others that are interested in a Viking burial at sea, but it's a Viking burial at sea for cremated remains, not for a full human body. Still, still having to be three miles out and meet all the... Still three miles parties. out, and we have the little Viking ship that's built, and it's pretty cool. And uh, How do you ignite the vessel? Well, that's a good question, because we were using diesel fuel and gasoline, and fire is not your friend aboard. Mm. So now we use a flare. It's not romantic, but it's safe. So there's no man in a loincloth. Oh, we have a great looking guy in a loincloth. He's a Native American from Plymouth Plantation. He can hit a pack of cigarettes at 200 yards, but he wasn't available when we did this on Memorial Day. So he is our, he's on our speed dial. Gotcha. Mm. All right. As the winter is coming, do you perform sea scatterings year round or is there a specific season? season? There was a season, Madison, when we were a smaller company with five or six different vessels. Now we have 84 different vessels departing from 60 ports. So what I'll tell you is we just ran into this this morning. Somebody wanted to go out of Newburyport or Portsmouth. Everything's buttoned up. So what we do is we now, this time of year, right through March, operate from Kennebunk, Boston, Plymouth, Hyannis, and our 
listening area here. And then we also operate in the middle of the country around uh, the Carolinas and Georgia and right down through Florida. And then on the West Coast, of course, that's year-round from San Diego to San Francisco. So what we do is uh, uh, we, we're really busy because right now we're booking into July and August already of next oh year. So we're really busy because people plan these events around mm-hmm. graduations, around... Uh, family reunions. So this is not something you call on a Monday to do on a Tuesday. I mean, you can. No, you, Some people okay. want to have a two-day, you know, if it's a Jewish faith, they might want yeah. to have a two-day, let's get it done before the second sundown and we can operate mm-hmm. a full body and or scattering or airplane within two days. Most people, though, are typically a couple of weeks to six months. So you'll squeeze them in if it's a, a religious thing like that. I don't know that we'll squeeze them in, but we'll carve out time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll make it happen. You bet. We don't say no anymore. Gotcha. I, Brad, we have, we've not even touched the surface of the question, but I do have one that I want to get to. And so I'm sure you hear comments like we do. We have family surveys. So what, what comment do you hear, the comments you hear most from families after who attended, whether it be they tell you after the, um, the ceremony or maybe they send you an email or give you a call? What are the sort of common themes on some of the things you hear? Well, buddy, like you've built your business on reputation. We've worked really hard to make sure we exceed the family's expectations, not meet them, but exceed them. Every time somebody disembarks from one of our vessels, what did you think? And the family just starts to gush. And we say, can we get that on tape because we build our YouTube video file with that? But you know what they most often say, and I'm first time somebody's ever asked me this question, I can't wait to die. (laughs) (laughs) That's the God's honest truth. And what's interesting about that is we have then fulfilled the final wish for they and their family to be able to have their loved ones cremated remains or body be buried at sea when they didn't know they could do it or how to do it or where to do it. So we like to work with sea burial certified funeral home companies like yourself, ones that are in the know, understand the questions. And there are a lot of questions. So our website is very robust. It's called newenglandburialsatsea.com. And you can visit with the FNEF folks and ask questions of them. We've done a lot of business with FNEF over the years. We're proud of that. And uh, it's changing. It's evolving. Every single one is different. They're not cookie cuttered out. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is we put customer satisfaction before any profit. And what's important about that is friends tell friends at the water cooler the next day. It's a reflection of you. It's a reflection of your folks that recommend us. And we do this full time. Every single day. We're not this, a, this is not a weekend part-time It's not job. a gypsy group where people might just have an uncle with a boat and want to go out because you have to be licensed, you have to be insured, and you have to know what you're doing with wind and tide and current and emotion and safety and cleanliness. All that stuff adds up. There's a thousand details. And we try to hit every single one of them. Well, thank you. That was very enlightening. I thought I knew a lot about this topic and realized that I knew very little. So. <laughs> Good to see you all. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on another informative episode of Dying to Talk. I definitely learned a lot. If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations, either in New Hampshire or Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at finef.net. That's buddy at p-h-a-n-e-u-f.net. Or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. Our contact information is in the show notes of this episode too.